be seated. If you take your Bible and turn to Proverbs chapter 1. In a moment, I'll, a few minutes, I'll have you stand and read it. We'll read the uh, passage together today. But last month on June 6th, uh, CNN Money ran the following article. I want you to look at the picture and look at the title of this. Lunch with Warren Buffett goes for $2.3 million. The article said the winning bid on Friday to have lunch with Warren Buffett was a whopping $2.35 million from Chinese gaming company Dalian Zeus Entertainment. Each year, Buffett auction, auctions off an invitation to lunch on eBay. The proceeds go to Glide, a charity that runs a number of anti-poverty programs in San Francisco. The winner, now get this, the winner can bring up to seven friends. They typically dine at Smith and Walensky Steakhouse in New York City. And the article said that most winners are more than satisfied with the worldly advice they get from Buffett. Well, I'd hope they'd be satisfied for uh, $2.35 million. There's so much I could say about that, but I couldn't help but to think of the fact that we can spend lunch with someone who was far richer than Warren Buffett. And it won't cost us a dime. I'm talking about spending time with Solomon. King Solomon, we find in the Word of God. Primarily reading where we're looking at today, the book where he's the main author, the book of Proverbs. It reminds me of a sign that I read about that was on a school bulletin board. And the sign simply read, free wisdom, Monday through Friday, bring your own container. Free wisdom, Monday through Friday, bring your own container. And we could put a sign like that over the book of Proverbs and say free wisdom uh, available Sunday through Saturday, but you've got to bring your own container. Some would argue that the book of Proverbs is the most practical book in all the Bible. In fact, today we're going to be laying some groundwork and and laying some uh, foundation work to kind of build on our coming weeks during the summer sermon series. But I want you to listen to what some Bible teachers and preachers and scholars have said about this book. Warren Wiersbe wrote, believers who learn the key proverbs in this book will have at their disposal the wisdom they they need for making wise decisions, right decisions day after day. The truths found in Proverbs touch upon every important area of human life, such as acquiring and using wealth, making and keeping friends, building a happy home, avoiding temptations and trouble, controlling our feelings, disciplining our tongue and building godly character. When I was studying early on for this series and I kind of knew where we were going, I try to study in advance. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I jot down these two things. Listen to what Roy Zuck said. He said the book of Proverbs tells us how to wise up and live. The appeal of this profound down to earth book stems from its breadth of subject matter. It discusses everything from training a child to ruling a nation, from eating too much to talking too much. From how to succeed in life and how to live for God. Uh, First Baptist Dallas pastor Robert Jeffress, he noted that the focus of Proverbs is this life, not the next one. He said you can read the entire book of Proverbs without ever learning how to pray, how to share your faith or how to go to heaven after you die. The emphasis in Proverbs is not the hereafter, but the here and now. God is vitally interested in your success today as well as in eternity. 
And that's something good to remember as we study that the focus of Proverbs is on this life, not the next one. That's why James Draper said Proverbs does not take us to church very often. Instead, it takes us to our businesses, to our schools, to our homes and our personal relationships with others. The religion of our God is a way of life. It is something that we live every day, not something we reserve for the sanctuary. The message of Christianity is intended to be worked out in our lives. And beloved, the most of our life is lived outside these walls, is it not? I mean, we come in here for uh, Sunday school and and Sunday morning and, and some will come back for Wednesday night and special times. But we live the majority of our life outside of this this area, this 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 building. And we need wisdom. Maybe would you say today, I need wisdom. Do you have decisions to make? Do you have paths to possibly explore? Do you have issues to iron out? Do you have relationships that need help? Well, can I encourage you to turn to the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs? The preacher, you know, probably many of you know, David Jeremiah. David Jeremiah said Proverbs is the most practical, hands-on book of the Bible. Its venue is here and now. Its vision is straight and narrow. And its value is tried and true. So we'll be looking at in the coming weeks what many consider to be the most practical book in all the Bible, the book of Proverbs. Well, today I want to give you an introduction to the book. And I want to lay some groundwork, as I said. And we're going to spend our time on Sunday mornings exploring the book of Proverbs. We won't study the full book, so don't get worried. It's a summer a sermon series. We're not going to cover every verse and every chapter, but I pray it'll be profitable. And I want to lay a foundation today that we're going to be building upon. And I want to do that first of all, giving you my goals for this study. I've got some goals that I'm tackling that I hope to accomplish in our time together. And so let me give you my goals for our study this summer. First of all, I want to challenge you to read the book of Proverbs. I want to challenge you to read the book of Proverbs, the entire book, sometime this summer. So you can start today, you can start tomorrow. But listen, Proverbs is not a book that you want to rush through. In fact, you're better off, I think, to take your time and read through it sections at a time or verses at a time and chew on what you read. Now, many people will take the book of Proverbs and read it every month because it has 31 chapters. So they'll read a a, a chapter a day and they'll get through the book uh, each month. But my goal is simply to do this, to get everybody here to read through the book of Proverbs at least one time This summer, and I've made some bookmarks. If you want to take the challenge when you're leaving today, I'll be giving these out. You can mark off your progress. Now, some of you are overachievers. You'll have this done by tomorrow, maybe. Uh, Some of you will say, I'm going to read through it three times. But my only goal is this, to get you to read through the book of Proverbs at least once this summer. My second goal is to move from reading through Proverbs to falling in love with the book of Proverbs. To falling in love with the book. To see just how practical it is, to see how beneficial it is. Uh, You know, so many of us love the book of Psalms, and rightly so, but don't neglect Proverbs. I remember what Billy Graham said about the two books, Psalms and Proverbs. Billy Graham said Psalms teaches you how to get along with God, and Proverbs teaches you how to get along with man. And, And we need to know both, don't we? How to get along with God and how to get along with man. And Psalms and Proverbs help us in so many ways. But then there's a third goal I have, and that's simply this, to help you to understand how to interpret the book of Proverbs. 
to help you to understand how to interpret the book of Proverbs. It's important to know how to approach the book so you can properly interpret the book. And so to do that today, I want to give you some guidelines. And these guidelines will help you as you're reading the book, as you're studying the book, as you're looking at the Proverbs to know exactly how to go about understanding the book of Proverbs. So I'm going to give you some guidelines and I could say a whole lot more, but I've narrowed it down to these few. All right. So please get these down. If you like taking notes, these are good to write down. Uh, if you want to just doodle and draw pictures, I at least think you're listening. But whatever. Guidelines for interpreting and understanding Proverbs. You ready for number one? Remember that these are Proverbs, not promises. They're Proverbs, not promises. Now, you'll get yourself in trouble real quickly if you take every proverb that's written and say that's an ironclad promise from God Almighty. Proverbs are proverbs. They're generalizations. They're the way things normally work out, the way things generally work out. Let me give you an example. Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. Proverbs twenty two twenty nine says, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Now, I want you to think about it. If you take that as an ironclad promise, you're going to be disappointed more than likely in life. How many do you know that excel in their work? You know some folks like that? Maybe a master craftsman? I mean, they're par excellence in their work? You know somebody like that? Maybe you are one of those people. How many of them do you know that stand before kings? (laughs) You say, what king? We don't have that many kings. The idea here, beloved, is understanding that proverb means that a person who excels at his or her work will be promoted in their work. But not always. Some master craftsmen, some excellent workers maybe are never promoted. In fact, maybe they die. Maybe they never get known. And many of those who are known today weren't known during their lifetime, were they? They died and their works became valuable. And so we have to understand these are generalizations. We understand that doesn't mean that if I do really well, the king's going to call me. No, it's not an ironclad promise. But generally speaking, if you excel in your work, you will be promoted. Let me give you another example. This is probably one of the most famous ones that's brought a lot of grief upon the body of Christ. Proverbs 22, 6. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Well, let me ask you, do you know any prodigals today? Do you know any young men or young women or older men or older women? They were brought up in the church. They were brought up in Christian homes. They had godly mommy and daddies that prayed for them and led them to the Lord. And yet they are prodigals. They've rebelled. They've run away. Now, our prayer, of course, is that this generalization would work in their lives and they would come back to him. But I want you to to realize that this is not an ironclad promise because each person has something called a free will. And you've got to factor that in. And you've got to factor in the fact that they have to make a decision for Christ to live for Christ. And so can you see the heartache if you have a godly man or woman who has a child that grows up and rebels and they come and say, God, you did not keep your word. Your word promises. No, it's a proverb. It's not an ironclad promise. It's a generalization. And of course, our prayer is that generalization would work out in that person's life who became the prodigal. They would come back to the faith. And so I want you to understand and get that down right away that proverbs are proverbs. They're not ironclad, guaranteed 
promises. If you'll get that, it'll help in a great way. Now, there's a second generalization or a second guideline I want to show you, and that's this. Proverbs are bite-sized, not bloated. <laughs> Proverbs are bite-sized, not bloated. You say, well, what in the world do you mean by that, preacher? Well, I mean this. Proverbs don't say, they don't say everything that could be said about a subject. They don't say everything. Let me, let me see if you know this. You know, they've been around for a long time. Proverbs, not just biblical proverbs, but proverbs in cultures and society. In fact, let me, you look at that. Do you think of any proverbs that come with that? Let me just get you started. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. Now that's bite-sized, not bloated. You see, a proverbs is saying it's not a dissertation. One author said it's an adage without padage. In fact, if we were to say more, here's what it would work out. Instead of an apple a day keeps the doctor away, it would be crazy to say an apple a day as well as other fresh fruit will not always keep the doctor away, but will in general give you improved health so long as you don't eat green apples or eat them and wash with too much pesticide residue. And keep in mind that during the winter months you may not be able to find apples or other fresh fruit to eat, but there will still be residual health benefits from eating fresh fruit in moderation whenever you can. Now, which would you rather have, that or an apple a day keeps the doctor away? You see, they're bite-sized. They're not bloated. They have that truth that you can grab onto. Might be time for a good definition here. And here's a good definition, I think, as I've studied. Uh, This is from Dan Phillips. A proverb is a compressed statement of wisdom. Now, watch the next part. Artfully crafted to be striking, thought-provoking. Memorable and practical. I love the last part. A proverb typically is truth dressed to travel. I mean, I could take that with me. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. And there's truth. I understand what that means. I don't want that bloated statement. That's too much. That's not a proverb. And so a proverb is a compressed statement of wisdom, artfully crafted to be striking and and thought-provoking and memorable and and practical. It's truth dressed to travel. I love that. That's what a proverb is. And so we understand, beloved, that proverbs are not promises, and they're bite-sized, not bloated. But there's a third guideline I want you to know, and that is they are inspired, not just man's wisdom. They're inspired. That is, this is the word of God. This is not just Solomon's ideas, not just Solomon's wisdom. This book of Proverbs is not like the self-help shelf at Barnes and Noble. This is the inspired, authoritative word of God. And as God's word, we're going to need his help to understand it and his help to apply it in daily life. Divine wisdom is needed. We need the Holy Spirit's enablement to know how to properly use the wisdom we'll find here. In fact, let me give you an example where you're going to need the Holy Spirit's wisdom. Look at Proverbs 26, 4 and 5. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. And look there at verse 5 on the screen. What's it say? Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise at his own eyes. So verse 4 says, do not answer a fool according to his folly. And verse 5 says, answer a fool according to his folly. Is that contradictory? No. There are certain times where you need to answer a fool, lest he be wise in his own eyes. And there are certain times you don't need to answer a fool, lest you be like him. How do you know the difference? God's Spirit will guide you. 
You need God's spirit, God's wisdom, God's enablement. And so remember here that this is the inspired word of God. It's not just man's ideas and man's wisdom. Well, let me ask you, if you don't mind, to stand with me. We're going to read the first seven verses together out loud on the screen in front of you. Let's stand together and read Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. Would you read it with me? Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. The Bible says the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. To understand a proverb and an enigma, their words of the wise and their riddles. To understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their... I put that one in there twice, sorry. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. That one verse must have really needed that twice, up in there twice. Well, you know what? I want to use wisdom today. And wisdom tells me that it's time to go home. And we're only halfway through. So wisdom tells me that we're going to put a bookmark here in our study. And I've given you some goals for the study. I've given you some guidelines. And I want to challenge you as we go away, because Brother Larry's preaching next week and then I'll be back. We're going to tackle those seven verses. But as we leave today, I'm going to be having these bookmarks available to you. And if you want to take the challenge, I would encourage you to take one of these and begin reading the book of Proverbs. We'll tackle again Proverbs 1 next time and then the next time. But just start, begin to chew on it. You've got some guidelines. Remember, they're Proverbs, they're not promises. They're bite-sized, they're not bloated. And they're the inspired Word of God. So we're going to do something different today. I'm going to pray. I'm going to walk to the back to greet you as we go. I've got these bookmarks for you. And we're going to let you go home today. And because I know that you don't want to stay here till 1230, right? That was very quick that you answered that. That was like a, that was like a dart to my heart right there. 